Welcome to the World Missionary Press podcast. This podcast features special guests, exciting testimonies, evangelistic strategies, and updates from around the world. For more information about World Missionary Press, check out our website at wmpress.org. It is a joy to be back here. I was trying to reflect during the afternoon when I was last year, and uh, I think uh, it was about 2015. It's amazing to see how many things have been happening since. Uh, I want to honor God for the leadership of Harold, uh, his dear wife, and even the board of governors that uh, supervise and help to provide oversight and governance over this work. Everything that we are seeing today, it's proof that there is leadership. Like they say, um, everything stands and falls on what? On leadership. So let's give a clap offering to this entire team and appreciate the work that they are doing. Amen. All right, so today I saw a lot of pepper, um, and uh, I did a radio program with the local radio station. They were asking me what I think about the Ministry of uh, World Missionary Press, and uh, we do one thing, that is distribute the word of God in written form. And I say to them, I still believe that we have to continue doing what we have always been doing. And uh, the reason being the fact that God gave us his word in written form. He didn't put it on an MP3 player. The word in written form continues to be distributed around the world no matter what else is happening around the world. You know, sometimes when we embrace technology and all the other things that happen in our time, we tend to forget something that uh, there are some things that change, but some other things remain the same. I saw a very funny video coming out of Germany uh, where a husband was very tech-savvy, and everything the wife was ever doing, he would always try to rebuke her that, are you still doing things on paper? Why do you still keep using paper? You need to move away from that. And he would keep on nagging his wife. The wife does something, probably put notes somewhere on a refrigerator, she said, or maybe plant something in a diary. He says, come on, come on, come on. We are way past that. We don't use paper no more. So one day the husband is in the bathroom, and then the toilet roll runs out. And she starts calling the wife, and he says, can you please help me? And the wife went and took an iPad and slid it under the door into the bathroom. <laughs> she said, you can see what you can do with that. I'm sure it will help you. <laughs> I mean, you always realize that paper stays with us. And that's an amazing thing. And that's why we believe the ministry of World Missionary Press is here to stay until Jesus returns. Amen. We will keep on distributing the gospel in written form because God gave us his word in written form. I, I want to share a few things with you. Okay, um, one of the things that I have to do is, I, I hope I will remember that I have something up there. Uh, I, I, can we roll to the next slide? Uh, okay, that is supposed to be Luke 14, 23. Somehow, someone, not me, forgot a one right there, okay? Uh, and that scripture clearly teaches us one thing, that... It is the call of God for us to call all to come into the kingdom of God. I think that in these last two, three years, as we have been going through a pandemic, we have been running a lot with the idea that leave no one behind. We, we believe that this theme has actually driven everything that we have been doing as we look at completing the Great Commission. We're not just distributing God's word 
just for the sake of just an exercise. We have a goal and a mandate and a very definitive commission that Jesus gave us, which is to say the gospel must be taken to everybody. And the word of God teaches us to compare all to come in to the house of God. Next. So in order to do that, I wanted to share with you how we work and what we are as a ministry, uh, because essentially we are one ministry. Uh, the printing of Christian material happens here. Uh, and I don't know where I am, in New Paris, right? Um, and I always find that sometimes when people are doing things, and I said a little bit of this over the radio today, that it's interesting, the reason why I come is specifically to tell you what happens after you have done everything that you, ha you have done. Sometimes we do so much in those warehouses. We, we work, we, we, we package material, we, we load it on containers, we, 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 we do all that we do. But I stand here today to tell you that after all that you have done, there is something that happens beyond that. And that is when it comes to the field. And this is the kind of relationship and the partnership that exists between what we do and what WMP and what all of you, all the partners, every prayer uh, partner that exists probably in this house tonight, and every one of you that give generously towards this ministry. You need to understand that at the end of the day, everything that we put together, all the effort, all the resources, it finally comes to people like me. It comes all the way to the continent of Africa. And it comes all the way to thousands upon thousands of missionary workers and field workers and pioneer crusaders and foot soldiers and men and women who walk streets, villages, mountains to take the word of God to every single person that they meet, whom they encounter on school campuses, on wells, and every kind of uh, place. So I, I, I wish I could say it anyway uh, better that all your labor is never in vain. All those boxes that you see in those showrooms eventually end somewhere in a village, somewhere in a fa on a farm, somewhere in a house, somewhere 10,000 miles away from here. And that is the story of World Missionary Press. So I wanted to just share very quickly with you on how far do we go. And I found this picture very striking. This came from Burundi. And I was watching the actual a bigger picture showing the mountain that guys are carrying these boxes of material with. A small tiny village that is right on the top there. The goal, we leave no one behind. How far do we go? We go even to the very highest mountain as long as there are human beings that still exist who want to hear and to read about the good news of Jesus Christ. Next. And how long do we go? I got this again. I think this is from the country which is always usually referred to as a city of a thousand hills in Rwanda, that people, ladies are walking, carrying the boxes of WMP, going all the way down to the valley. Probably what struck me most about this picture, because I also have all the surrounding pictures, is that you never see a house where they are walking. It's pure jungle. Like, where are they going? Well, that's the story. How far do we go? How low do we go? Until they face the treasure. The real homes are right at the bottom of that valley. Why? People stay in the valleys because that's where the water is at the very bottom. And you find that that's where the houses are. And at the end of the day, even if it means taking walks through jungles to make sure we find the heritage of God at the very bottom of a valley, we will go that far. Next. And this also shows you a story about how workers that work with this ministry actually do what they do. It's from the streets, the byways, the farmlands, the highways, virtually everywhere where you will meet a human being. We will tell 
the wondrous story of Jesus Christ. Next. And this also shows you that even though we talk to people, we think that sometimes when we talk about taking the gospel, we find uh, maybe organized settings where God's word is taught to. No, even those who are marginalized, even people that are disabled and maimed, even those that are religious, you still find a people that when you try to take the message of God to them, they are quick to tell you that I have my own religion. Well, we are not bringing a religion. We are simply bringing the word of God and the message of Jesus Christ. So no matter what your religion is, we still believe that does not stop us from telling us, telling you the story of Christ. Next. And how high do we go? I, I wanted to take this story. This is actually from Mozambique. And I think that the reason why this is special to me is because of the fact that Many times this is the question that people raise all the time. When, when, when floods and terrible hurricanes that happened in Mozambique took place, the roads, the bridges were completely demolished. And helicopters had to be used to transport WMP material to villages that were not even accessible. And people asked the question, are you serious? You actually flew this little plane in order to just bring the gospel? Well, I'm here to tell you that... It's worth every dime to bring the word of God to anyone, no matter where they are. It doesn't matter what it costs. It doesn't matter what the dollar amount is behind it. But if we have to go there, it is still worth it. My grandmother, I tell her story all the time. She taught me one verse in the Bible. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his own soul? The value of money is nothing compared to the value of a soul. Because if you gain it all together... Minus your soul, the scripture's equation says no profit. You need to understand that the value of a soul is worth every penny that we give to the kingdom of God. So no price is too high when it comes to the message of salvation. Now, uh, okay, I, wanted, I, I, I also wanted to show you that basically this tells you a full circle in terms of what happens. Everything comes in containers, like the previous picture was showing you. You know, WMP material leaves this place probably through the waters with many weeks and months that it spends as the team expedite the whole process. But ultimately, it will come to this. It will come sometimes to pick up trucks. It will come to bags that are carried by people physically. It will come to young men who are carrying it along streets talking to people who are either vendors. It will come to the ghettos. It will come to the villages. It will come to places that you would not expect. All I can say to you is that in my time and in my years, and I started off, I, I have a record where I started off probably privileged to serve as a national coordinator in my own country. Well, I'm blessed today to actually still remain a coordinator, but now over many nations, seeing what WMP material has done. And over the years, I've traveled the length and breadth of this continent. I can tell you one thing, that I've been to places where I probably could not see any literature of any form. I could not see even a paper piece that shows that government census officials ever visited that area, or probably even political material, but I could find world missionary press material there. And this is how far our material from this place eventually goes to. What does it all lead to? And this actually is the part that I, I wanted to show you that at the end of the day, there are results that come out of all the activity that takes place. I have a little video, I don't know where. My name is Ejikayo Mola. I am 55 years old. I was born and raised in the northern part of Ethiopia called Desi. While I was living in Desi, 
A lot of Christian missionaries would tell me about Jesus Christ and ask me to give my life over, but I was never interested and never wanted to commit. But after I moved to Addis Ababa, I received a booklet called The Power of God from an EHC Ethiopia volunteer named Wasan. I was truly blessed by this booklet and decided to give my life over to Jesus Christ. The power of God sets me free from my curses and unbreakable sinful chains. I was then freed from my illness and there was nothing that God didn't do for me. He's a special God. The word of God is miraculously powerful, but that is if we read it again and again. And the booklet size is so easy and fitting for anything. Not only that, but it also redirects us to the Bible verses in the Bible. Now it has been a year and a half since I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. My life before and after Christ is not comparable. Now I am a woman who has a fear of God in her life. I run a calm and happy life. Before, I was so aggressive and naggy, but now God made me a kind mother. Glory be to Him. I think I have one more slide that I, okay. I wanted to share with you that this is actually the consummation of the whole story. At the end of the day, a life that is completely transformed by the power of the gospel. We preach the gospel. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power unto salvation to everyone that does believe. When you see people coming to a place where they accept Jesus Christ, that is actually ultimately where the whole story is leading to. It starts from warehouses. It goes to the field ultimately when people are raising their hands <coughs> to surrender to salvation. It goes all the way up until they line up in rivers to be baptized as they submit themselves to transformation and a new life in Jesus Christ. It comes down all the way to new Christ groups, small churches that are formed in villages. And those little booklets still remain their source of discipleship on giving them the foundation on the very necessary basics of understanding redemption in Christ Jesus. So these little churches are common all across the continent. When you see thousands upon thousands of places where after outreaches are done, people meet in small groups and they still continue to learn the word of God. I want to say one thing probably as I close about why I believe that we can win and we can transform the continent of Africa. Can we bring that up? I think there is. Okay. So I came to teach you about dairy farming. I drove around a little bit with Helen the other day, and I noticed that you, you guys know enough about farming a lot in this place. But I want to say it may be interesting for you to think about what comes into my mind when I talk about transformation and then we have cows and milk. But I want to share a story, a real story, uh, and it's a true story on something that genuinely did happen. And I, and I talk about this today probably as a symbol that what it takes to actually transform the continent of Africa. Do you know that every time when I meet people and I talk to them about the fact that I think we, can, we will change the continent of Africa, things are changing a lot, and sometimes I do meet people that believe that Africa is hopeless. There's no more chance for us to be able to think. I even had a British prime minister some time back who actually said it's a lost cause. I don't think there is anything else that we can do anymore to actually change Africa. But I believe that the continent of Africa can be changed. But, and the reason why we fail to change it is because 
It will take something that people are not willing to accept as a solution for the majority of times, and it is God's word. It is the very reason why WMP exists. Now, I want to tell you a story that has something to do with milk. Some years ago, a man from a third world country went to Holland. And the reason why he went, he was visiting another friend who actually is a Hollander who lives there. And this guy had never seen cows that are milked with machines. So when he went there, he was puzzled to see that cows are actually milked with machine. You tug in the udders and the milk is sucked from the cow and channeled through some pipe into a tank somewhere. And the people, local people, would bring in their jugs and each one of them would just turn on the tap. Five liters, two liters, I don't know whether that metric means anything here. Do you use liters? I don't even know what you use here. Uh, three liters or whatever, pint, quart, I don't know what you use here. And, and they would just turn on the tape and then you fill up your, your, your milk jug and you go on the other end, there is a money jug that exists and you throw in, if you bring, brought in $10 and your milk was $2, you throw in your 10 take your change of $8 and walk away and go back home. This African is watching and he says, you do this all the time? He said, yes, this is how we do things here. No need for containers. So the cost of containers is eliminated because each one comes with their own jug. The reason why I want to tell you this story is to show you that in actual fact, sometimes when we look at the continent of Africa, the challenges that we have, there are solutions that could be found, but Sometimes we don't, we, we don't realize, we ask ourselves the question, why is life so hard like that? Could there be any hope? Why is it that it is the poor who pay the most? All these are the things, but there is, a, there is a story that can be explained when there is a willingness to actually objectively look at the problem correctly. So the African sits in the car as they are driving back. His mind is absorbed by what he saw. He says, so you tell me every day this is how you people do what you, he says, this is how we do it. You just bring in your jug, you turn on, you take the milk that you want, pay for it and walk away and go home. He said, I will tell you something, my friend. If it was in my country, tomorrow morning, both the milk and the money and the cows will not be there. And he was not lying. He was actually telling the truth. And the reason is because they will all be stolen. So they get into a conversation about this. So naturally, because of the fact that this is a genuine situation, that it is possible that by tomorrow morning the milk and the money and the cows will not be there. What do you need? So naturally, if you come to my part of the world, there will be security guards. Do you know when I walked at the campus of WMP where I'm staying right now? I tried to look at the whole campus and I asked myself how many guards I would need on that facility if I was at home. I believe that I would need as many guards as there are light bulbs around the campus in order to make sure everything remains there until the next morning. So what happens? It's a story about milk, but now you need to employ a dozen security guards who are supposed to be paid from the milk, but they don't add any value to the milk. And the second thing is that because of the fact that there is a possibility that the guy will take more change than the money he tendered into the money jug, you now need a cashier who has to be paid from the milk but does not add any value to the milk. And because of the fact that the company is also in a culture of corruption, the chances are that there will be 50% milk and 50% water. You now need milk inspectors 
who have to be paid from the milk, but they add no value to the milk. And because the milk inspector will take bribes, you now need an inspector general to inspect the inspectors. Because at the end of the day, this is the chain. Everyone is on salary. They are all getting paid. And there is one situation that could help this whole situation. It's called a culture of honesty and integrity. But you will never find it anywhere until hearts of lives of people are transformed. The only thing that can do that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's the reason why we find ourselves with a falling continent. We can't fix the problems that we have. Because at the very core of it is a heart that lacks integrity. And because of that, it complicates the rest of our social fabric. You know that I've been to a country not long ago where I found the toilet stolen. I mean, I, I'm serious. I literally at a marketplace, the next thing, the commode is gone. It's no longer even there. One person takes the whole toilet that has been used by all the people to, to, to his own house. Why would you do something like that? Well, it does happen. People's hearts are corrupt. They do not know any better. They have fallen. They came short of the glory of God. This is the truth about what happens. The story of the fallen state of mankind is a story of the heart. Listen to me, my friends. You see, this country is a beautiful country. And you live a wonderful life. And some of you think that it's just a natural consequence because you live in Indiana. No. It's not the truth. The truth is your history and your past and your foundations. It's about, you can easily become like Africa, very easily. Civilization is not something that just developed in a natural process because of ethnicity or skin pigmentation or education. No, it's a product of the influence of the gospel on the values of society. So you learn to tell the truth. You learn integrity. You learn honesty. You learn how to do things right. You learn to be faithful. None of that is taught in school. It's all because of the heritage of the gospel. And there are people who do not even go to church, but the values of the gospel stay with them. There are those that have lost the redemptive component of the gospel, but they still have the character and the nature and the values and the redeeming values of the gospel. I spend a lot of time in England. I find that to the British people, lying is a horrible thing. And you find that even, someone would say that even when they are not Christians, they just find lying stinking. They don't like to. My children study in England. And I found out that for the years that they spend there, when you say, are you lying? They get offended very deeply. What do you mean? I do not lie. But you can find places where lying is the correct way to talk. 90% of everything that's coming into his mouth, from his mouth is a lie. You see, we can't change people, not by anything, not even by the prisons that we build. The correct way to change a society is through the values and the power of the gospel in society. You know, I traveled in this country. I was privileged even to study a bit in this country. And I remember my first time when I visited the city of Philadelphia. And it was very interesting to understand that as the constitutional city of America, to learn the history. I remember the first time I rode on that bus with a very seasoned historian on the bus telling the story of the city, and which also translates to the story of this country. And I'll show you a few things that actually puzzled me. The first thing he mentioned, he said, now we are in Second Avenue. As we were pulling off right from the place where we are right at the center of the city, I said, I think I missed the First Avenue. He said, there is no First Avenue. I said, why is there no First Avenue? He says, this country was founded by Quakers. Number one always belonged to God. 
So even by their street names, they considered that we will start from 2nd Avenue, not 1st Avenue. Because the place number one belongs to God only and God alone. When I would hear that, I trembled. I could not even believe it. The culture has been influenced by the gospel way back and for years and centuries upon centuries. I remember we drive a little bit and then he points to what was called the penitentiary prison. He says, that's the first one. Really? Yes. What is the penitentiary prison? He explains that he says it was called a place of penitence. The jail system was not designed for what you think it is was designed to, for today. It was a place where a man goes in, locked in a room to be given only one book in his hands, the Bible. Read it until you find salvation from your sins. And that is really the story and the background and the history of this country. That forms the very foundation upon which this culture and this civilization is based upon. I never had anything like that in my culture. We don't have anything like that. In fact, we, we come from a culture that teaches vengeance, rebellion, and everything that has to do with taking advantage of the other person. And we hate success because for every moment that you look at someone succeeding, it means they are killing someone else. We have in our culture proverbs and totems and statements that actually create animosity between people. We did not have the word of God. Our culture did not teach us to secure the future. The reason why your countries are better in handling the future of your generations it's because of the fact that you learned it from scripture. You read your father's fathers and their fathers. They read the Bible. A righteous man lives an inheritance for his children's children. I come from a culture where you consume everything in your lifetime and nothing is secured in your future. No wonder even our politicians and our government, they do exactly the same thing. And the rest of the world is not aware why the problem is there. The story can be explained in the Bible. The difference between most of the developed civilized world and the third world nations is deeper than the color of the skin. It's about the heritage of the word of God and its influence in the cultures of the people. When we miss that, we think that the explanation is anywhere else. It's not. The story is in the word of God. And that's why I support this ministry to the end. Why? Because if we can get the word of God into the lives of the people, and influence culture, change morality, and cause men to develop a biblical worldview and think like the redeemed of the Lord. That's how we build a brand new society. And WMP is at the center of doing that. I'm glad you support this ministry. Keep on doing the right thing. God bless you. Billions have yet to receive the gospel. But you can make a huge difference by serving with World Missionary Press as a spare-time, part-time, or full-time volunteer ambassador from your own hometown. For more information, check out our ambassador website at wmpambassadors.org. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and tell a friend. Our president, Harold Mack, and the entire staff at World Missionary Press deeply appreciate your love, prayers, and support. Thanks for listening. Have a blessed day.